Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Greetings and welcome to our deep sea domain side quest. This is Under Consultation, an episode by episode podcast type situation through the UK's greatest video game challenge TV show, Games Master, though not for this episode. I am Luke Owen, as seen on TV. And I am Ash Versus, although Luke, you can call me Chucky. Only if I buy you dinner first. So if you didn't listen to the end of last week's episode, like if you're one of those people, and I don't begrudge you for doing this, that as soon as you heard what the scores are that we do, you're like, cool, that's the end of that episode. Then I can still see there's eight minutes left, but I'll stop it there because it's just them doing the credits. Don't begrudge you for doing that, by the way. I do. Because <laughs> I do. I put a lot of effort into that editing. There might have been a swear that I'm about to put a comic sound effect over. Boing. <laughs> we made the decision because next episode in our timeline is that episode not a journalist i'm a marketing manager however we want to have the oral history book in our hands so that we can have the most complete version of that story as opposed to getting it from disparate places uh, throughout the research that we've done over the years so we figured that's the best way to do it because we don't have the book in our hands through no fault of any of the publishers or anything like that we're doing these little side quest pieces as a way to sort of bridge the gap between eight and nine. Just give us time to get the book in our hands and give us some time to read it. Definitely not filler episodes, Luke. 100% not filler. That's why I called them side quest episodes. You don't play a, a D&D and say, right, we're going on a filler quest here. No, you're going on a side quest. This is why you're the professional. Exactly, yeah. No one's bored of all the Grand Theft Auto stuff when you've got to go pick up cousins or whatnot. No, no one no one hates a fetch quest. Everyone loves these little side things that take you away from the main storyline. But Luke, if we're not doing the main storyline, what are we escorting our listeners through? Very, very nice, because not only are we in Series 6 and we're nearing 
that episode of Games Master, it's issue 50 of the Games Master magazine, which means I guess it's been more or less 50 months since we did issue one back in series two. Yeah, four years-ish. I say ish, ish because there are some there are some where we've had 13 issues in a year. I don't know quite how the math is working here, but what I do know is that on the spine, it says issue 50, Christmas 1996, Return of the Mackerel. Very good. <laughs> very, very good. So there's three articles that we've kind of picked out from this. We're going to condense into two episodes, one of which is some interviews with Games Master Magazine editors, and then a really fun feature, which I think is going to be wicked to look at considering the time frame we're in, the 50 games to play before you die. A 1996 feature called 50 games to play before you die. I think it's going to be really interesting to look at because there are so many games on this 50 games to play before you die that wouldn't even now be in the top 500 games to play before you die. I would argue 5,000 might be pushing it for some of them. We may see Speedball 2 crop up again on this podcast. Weirdly, even though I was just looking at this list this afternoon, I can't remember if Sensible Soccer's there. Oh, bloody better. I mean, if Dominic was still had, still had his finger in the magazine pie, bloody would have been. But the other feature that we wanted to look at is, and we've talked about this a little bit uh, over the last few episodes, is this like six, seven page feature that they've got in the magazine of a set visit that Games Master magazine did of Games Master Series 6, where they interview a bunch of people they break a little bit of kayfabe when it comes to Little Ravi, but also interview some people who made the show. So we thought it would be a really nice thing to look at and read through and sort of find out what it was like visiting the set of Series 6. It's almost like a, an oral history before we get the oral history book. And also, given some of the comments made by some of the people that are interviewed as part of this feature, it is actually directly relevant to the upcoming Christmas special. Mm-hmm. But before we get into the main article, we're actually going to skip back to issue 49, because of course, Games Master's been on air for over a month at this point. And so issue 49 did have on the bottom of the front page, we're back on TV, behind the scenes on the new series. And if anything, this is kind of like an appetizer, kind of like a, 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 a appetite wetter. An amuse-bouche. Uh, buy me dinner first. But yes, very much so. And it's just a little couple of column inches. I'd say about eight column inches. A, a solid eight. A solid mm -hmm. eight column inches. Yeah, yeah. On location with the new Games Master. And it says, we've taken you to heaven and back, and now we're about to go plumbing the salty depths. Ha ha. Ha 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 ha. That's actually what it said. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> that was almost a double entendre by Dominic Diamond. Something which, let's face it, we, the scourge of the British nation, the bastions of idiocy, the video game loving, thrill seeking game chimps that we indisputably are, must get used to. Currently filming in some filthy, disused church in the heart of a thriving Dockland, the charmingly cheeky Dominic Diamond and his gaggle of barely free of the womb game babies are as feistily frank and flirtily dirtily as ever they were. And they're about to bring their own unique line in shock jock video games journalism to the electric television for the, yes, sixth time in gracious knows how many years. How many years has it been, Luke? Uh, well, first, so we're in the fourth year of the show because we started in 92. We're heading into our fifth year. We, we cross into the fifth year, definitely. Producer Johnny Finch, known affectionately to We at Games Master Magazine as simply Chucky, 
said these words as we walked the well-trodden but surprisingly short yards from our cosy warm offices to the stark and clinical Gamesmaster TV studios. Oh, it really will be the dog's pinky boobies and no mistake. It'll be fun, fun, fun with a cherry plonked on top. Plonk, plonk, plonk. He mightn't have used those exact words, but he was deeply, dipperly enthusiastic. So what can the avid Games Master fan, sitting in his rancid, darkened back bedroom shrine in his FIFA slippers and his Resident Evil kipper tie, what do they have to look forward to in the coming months? I mean, really enjoy? Come, gentle reader, rub your eyes softly over these two pages and inhale with your all-seeing sight. From there, they essentially go over a bunch of stuff that we will cover in the main article. It's just saying, hey, we talk with Sanjay from EastEnders and that Danny John Jules and Bear Van Beers, who is someone I had forgotten about the existence of until this feature. Absolutely same as. And then I had this, I was like, oh yeah, she's in this series. Um, she's in a future episode. She plays Sonic 3D. Episode 12. They're featuring her here like she's going to be on very, very soon. But no, she's, she's not only way in the future, they fucking give away the result. Yeah, I mean, well, th- we'll get into some of the other kayfabe breaking aspects of this feature, which, by the way, I thoroughly enjoyed. They do have a little bit here on the theme. And when I first saw the heading, the theme, I was like, oh, cool. Something about the music. No, 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 no. We're talking the theme as in Atlantis, where they say another series, another slightly dodgy, but ultimately expertly chosen theme to contend with. And the latest, you ask, why it's an Atlantis based series, of course. So as usual, Dominic will be strutting around in a carefully constructed suit while his surroundings, this time consisting mainly of sand and water, complement his great, boldy, shorty-haired head and scalpel-sharp beard greatly. The reason for the whole Atlantis thing, says producer Johnny Finch, is simple enough. You know, the last series was set in heaven, right? Well, we were trying to think about where Dominic would land if he fell out of heaven. And it's obvious, he'd land in the water. So we thought that setting it on Atlantis in the water would be quite original. A bit like in series one when it was set on an oil rig. In the water then. What the hell, Games Master Magazine? Series two, I think you'll find, was set on the oil rig. Series one was a church. So I'm just like, come on, Games Master Magazine. You should know better than this. Also, Johnny apparently said, exactly. I'm going to give Johnny a pass. He wasn't part of it then. No, exactly. Along with Dominic's chirpy carry-on style of delivery then, will quite naturally follow two loathsomely lithesome, deliciously dainty, scantily pantily clad girl chums, dressed in this case, of course, as mermaids. Well, I say dressed. Anyway, one of them's blonde and the other is a brunette, so it'll be fine. The fullest pictures, next issue. Oh, Luke. Lads, 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 lads. Yeah, yeah you've got hell. your head in your hands. I, mean, I don't, but that's because I'm holding the fucking magazine. Crisps on toast. Like, it is <laughs> quite... Hey, lads, one of those blonde, one of those brunettes. So it'll be all right in the night, won't it, eh? Lads, Who needs lads, names? lads, 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 lads. Kidding <laughs> hell. But they end by saying that they're saving all the really juicy details about their experience for the next issue. But they do give us the headlines of what the crew really think of Dominic, what Dominic really thinks of the crew, more of Chucky's rather strange reasoning behind the Atlantis theme, what the models eat for tea, what happened when Atlantis caught fire, what Sanjay from EastEnders, Samantha Fox, Bear Van Beers and Danny John Jules thought would be an interesting thing to say to a Games Master journalist, what happened when we moved Dave, the unstoppable games animal Perry's cup of tea, Slightly out of his line of sight. I'm a marketing manager. Samantha Fox. That's it. That's the headline. (laughs) And lots, lots more. And that would come out 
on Thursday the 21st of November because, as we have pointed out multiple times, the release schedule for this magazine makes very little sense. No, and I mean, I was just having a little scroll through the the, the feature that we've got here, the, the As Seen on TV. And the only reason I wanted to, to mention this now is because that article there was just sort of, you know, the amuse-bouche that we had was talking about our mermaids, talking about Leanne and Teresa, although they just named them by their hair colour. The first thing that really stuck out to me, and I just had a quick scroll through, and I don't think they've referred to this anywhere else, but on the top banner, this feature is called Mer Girls Picture Special hyphen Wowzer. So are they mermaids or have they got their own brand of being the Mer Girls? And we've actually been misnaming them mermaids throughout this entire series. Did they just not want to confuse the adolescent boys by making them feel weird about self-abuse to fish? Could be, because there's an image later on of Leanne standing next to Sam Fox, and it just says, a mermaid yesterday measuring up to Miss Samantha. They're going with both of them, it would seem. I genuinely think that that headline in particular, that's an OOR Daily Star moment. Isn't it just? Bloody hell. Wowzer with three exclamation marks. Oh, later on, they do call them Mergirls. Just seen it again. They're just inconsistent, Luke. <laughs> Gamesmaster Magazine being inconsistent, Ash. I beg to differ. It's almost like they didn't know that season one was set in the church. <laughs> so we have got that image. The one that is on the cover as well of Gamesmaster Magazine of Dominic Diamond with his very cheeky little grin there, flanked by Leanne and Teresa. And it says, Way hey, they let us come back for the new series. The big boys of Gamesmaster with their clever TV technology for some reason, allowed their foolish young magazine friends to wander freely around the set and trip over wires. Here's what we found out. Now, as someone who was just filming today on location in a cinema, boy howdy can I tell you that some people really do ignore when you and you say, there's wires there, watch out. I was amazed when we went to the filming of Series 8 that not once during our time there did anyone stack it over some wires, because there were a lot. I mean, they'd done a lot to protect them because, you know, Elf and safety, but also there were a lot of pig in wires. My only other thing I can think of that it might have been is because we were all stood in place for so long that our feet were so tired by the end of it that we were actually taking such tiny steps to leave the set that it was almost impossible for us to trip over wires. Or maybe the movement was just so infinitesimal, we were just clipping through the wires. You know, like in games where you just clip through the walls, that's what was happening. Yeah, we were just we couldn't possibly trip over them because we were just shuffling our feet as we were trying to leave, all the while going like, oh God, oh my bloody feet, I'm too old for this. It's raining, it's pouring, and waiting around for Sam Nudie Fox can get pretty bloody boring. But hey, seeing as how we're the official mag of the show, who doesn't know where Series 1 was set, mm-hmm. we thought it'd be a bit of a laugh to abuse our positions as we do every bleeding year, and thrust our feisty faces into the lives of those responsible for the brand new On As You Read This series of Games Master, mingle with the celebs, and yeah, meet up with Sam Fox. Sam Fox, by the way, is all over this feature. Like above that paragraph that Ash just read there, there are four pictures of Sam Fox on the set. Uh, one with Dominic Diamond, one with, uh, with Leanne, one again with Dominic Diamond, and then another one of her on the arcade game that she played. And then later on, I scroll down another page, there's another picture of Sam Fox. And then I scroll down a bit more, there's two more, three more pictures of Sam Fox. And then I scroll again, and yep, 
there's a fifth picture of Sandbox there. There are nine total. It's just all over this thing. I'm wondering if part of that is based around when the photographer was there. Because if you look at the pictures of some of the other celebrities that are pictured, they're very much candid snaps. They're not kind of, oh, we've got our press photographer with us. It's a case of, oh, we've got an Instamatic and we're leaving it with one of the reporters. Could be, yeah, because like the while we do have an interview with Bear Van Beers, there's no image of her on set. Like we do have images of Danny John Jules on set, but we don't have any pictures of her playing the game. No, we got Danny in the green room. I think Bear is outside. That's like the outside of the church. Oh, right. I thought that was just a standard picture of her. I thought, like, uh, you know, like a stock photo of her. Thing is, though, she's a bit late. And when she does finally turn up, she becomes, and we apologise for this, a bit of a disappointment. A little over three feet tall, she is without a doubt the smallest woman in the world. Disheartened and dejected, we decide to move to a taller celebrity. Arseholes. <laughs> I was going to say, bloody hell. But there aren't any. So we stay where we are to watch the game's playing merits of the nation's finest page three stunner as she bobs and bounces her way through a level of Namco's excellent Aquajet. Her tiny squealing London voice soon begins to grate, however, and we move to a small near soundproof porter cabin where thankfully we are free from her vole-like squeaks of pleasure. Just want to point out there that page three stunner, all three letters are capitalized there and stunner is spelled S-T-U-N-N-A. Uh, they continue, luckily we've been told that top indie band Northern Uproar are going to be popping in for their challenge so we can have a chat with them. Sadly, we're told this just as they've been kicked out for not turning up with their lead singer, so we've got to settle for Sanjay of EastEnders instead. Even he, though, had a few problems. The game he was supposed to be playing, Turok Dinosaur Hunter on the N64, turned up in a state unfit for television. For some reason, the developers took most of the monsters out of the demo level. Go figure. So that'll be an interesting one when we come to his challenge later on. Now, obviously, we haven't got to the end of Series 6 in our note-taking, but Northern Uproar are nowhere to be seen on my spreadsheet. I was going to say, that's two interesting points there. A, Sanjay was supposed to be playing Turok, which is quite cool because you know we had it previewed a little while back. But then singly to that, yeah, I don't think Northern Uproar are in this at all. I don't think, I wonder which then celebrity we get in to replace them. Anyway, so they continued talking about um, Sanjay off EastEnders. Uh, so he's forced to endure a lesson in the finer points of how to play Destruction Derby 2 from an eager researcher boy, Ravi. But he seems to be having a decent enough time, and when he's finished, we nick the burgers that were meant for Northern Uproar and start talking about games. Apparently Sanjay likes games, quote, with an interesting environment, end quote. Yeah, that's all we could really get out of him. So that was hyped in the previous issue that they spoke with Sanjay of EastEnders. And what we actually get is four words. And it's a shame because those four words do actually feel like they could be leading on to something. Because, you know what, Luke? I like a game with an interesting environment. I like a game with an environment that asks questions or provides a unique experience. I know what he's talking about. I think you know what he's talking about. You don't know what he's talking about. No. Do you ever play a game where it's not just the game mechanic that draws you in, but the actual surroundings, the environment, the atmosphere that it creates? Ah, I thought you meant in a real-world atmosphere. Like, he only likes playing games at nightclubs or something. I mean, he might mean that. I took it to mean the more kind of like having a complete world to play in rather than just blips and bloops. Yeah, I thought that, or he might have just meant I really like it in my basement. Sidestep for a second. Why basement? Uh, I, I, maybe he hasn't got a loft conversion. That's fair. 
He has to have his sex dungeon actually in a sex dungeon. <laughs> After all, a loft is just a bin we all live under. Anywho. An hour later and Sanjay completed his challenge successfully, surviving for a massive 60 seconds in his beaten, battered and bashed about car and all is well with the world. We had a bit of a laugh in the canteen by moving a cup of tea belonging to TVs, brackets, unstoppable games, animal, close brackets. Not a journalist. Dave Perry slightly away from the point he'd left it at and turned his head to watch the proceedings on the telly and then watching his tiny confused face, brackets, which incidentally has shrunk since the last series, close brackets, search for it with his eyes. As we say, a bit of a laugh. So even Games Master Magazine at this point are picking on Dave Perry. He, at this point, must have that reputation. And it's just a reputation that everyone is aware of and everyone is like, yeah, you know what Dave's like? He comes into the office and he's this, that and the other. So yeah, I guess he's just the punching bag of both show and Mac. Spoilers, it's not the last time he comes up in this feature. Meanwhile, back on the stage, the director, who we play pool with on Friday evenings, tilts her head, giggles and says, sprites, camera action, and everyone laughs like it's the first time they've heard anyone say that. And all of a sudden, London Docklands is the loveliest place you could possibly be. The feeling of universal happiness is beaten to a muddy pulp forever after, however, when one of the blokes in charge of the smoke machine gets a little too good at his job and sets off what is perhaps the loudest fire alarm since Ed the Duck. It's an interesting comparison. Personally, I've never heard what Ed the Duck sounds like when you set fire to him, but I'm guessing it would be pretty loud. Do you ever see the, those videos that people used to do where they used to set Tickle Me Elmo on fire and then like set it off? Like the Tickle Me Elmo dolls. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You set them on fire and then it's just rolling around going like, ha ha ha, that tickles as it rolls around on fire. Wait, did Ed the Duck have a squeaker or was that Gordon the Gopher? Yeah, he did have a squeaker. I was briefly worried that Games Master Magazine had really dropped the ball there and got Ed the Duck and Gordon the Gopher confused. It's, like, it's one thing to forget where Series 1 of Games Master was set, but for fuck's sake, lads. This is the London pop culture zeitgeist. Moments later, there are a million fire engines outside the studios. Do you reckon a million? Do you think they might exaggerate there? I'd say half a million. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound like that big of a fire. Half a million should suffice. Moments later, there are a million fire engines outside the studios of Games Master, brackets, which is built, interestingly, in the shape of a big church, close brackets, and thousands of firemen running around like pianos. Is that right, pianos? D d that is exactly what that was. <laughs> so, pulling back the curtain, I've got the original magazine. Luke has kind of a scan. I've got a PDF scan of it. Yeah, which I made, because this is one of the issues I believe missing from the various online archives. And so there have been a couple of bits that have been edited out where I've provided words or actually just read out entire sections. Nope, that says pianos. Okay, cool. I'll try that again then. And thousands of firemen running around like pianos, meaning that filming is pretty much finished for the day. So while the world is in complete and utter confusion, we take a naughty walk around and bump into a few people we think you should know about. That was a very, very long introduction. It was a little bit, was it? And actually, when you kind of condense it down, not a lot in it. They watched two challenges and stole some burgers and moved Dave Perry's cup of tea a little bit. Fucking wacky going to TV, isn't it, mate? Whilst it's very childish, and yes, it does appear that everyone is using his reputation as an excuse to pick on Dave Perry, that thing of moving a cup of tea just a little bit, that is the sort of thing I actually find pretty fucking funny. Because it's a case of if you completely remove it or steal it, it's obvious something's up. But if you just move it an inch or two, particularly if it's in a generic styrofoam or paper cup, it's that thing of like, is that my cup of tea? 
Is that someone else's cup of tea? Have I lost time? Was I abducted by aliens? Is Yuri Geller still in the building? There's just so many variables there. I am not above a little prank around the office uh, or anything like that. When I used to work at GameStation, in fact, there was a long running prank between three of us. Do you, um, do you remember the product Nail It? You give it to kids to stop them biting their nails. Basically, you yeah, rub yeah. on kids' nails and they bite it and it tastes horrible, so they stop biting their nails. Same sort of stuff they've coated the back of Nintendo Switch cartridges with to stop people <laughs> eating them. Exactly that sort of thing. We used to buy nail it and then would like, you know, get your finger in it and then rub it around the rim of someone's cup of tea without them <laughs> seeing. So then when they drink it, it's like, oh, that tastes horrible. Uh, one time my friend Mark got one Harry Bow out rubbed it and nail it and then put it back into the packet. So, <laughs> so it was a real surprise. I was just like, oh, that would taste horrible. The best of it was, though, I had a really like stinking lunch break on a, uh, a Saturday where I worked from like solidly from 12 until 2 without like taking a gap at all, serving one customer after another. And I walked to the back and Mark looked at me and said like, oh, student, you didn't have a lunch break, did you? Which is what they used to call me because I was a student. It was like, oh, student, you didn't have a lunch break, did you? I said, no, I didn't. He goes, yeah, I have a sausage roll. After this massive chunk of bite out of a sausage roll. And what he had done is he'd lifted the pastry up, rubbed nail it all over the sausage, then closed the pastry back up. So this picture like, oh, <laughs> just this big nail it covered sausage roll poured out my mouth because it's quite gross. So essentially, most of the practical jokes you did at GameStation revolved around trying to make each other throw up. Oh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, just trying to ruin other people's drinks and stuff. Like, oh, you've bought that can of Fanta. Well, then nail it around the rim there now. Now you're going to taste that instead. Was the style at the time. <laughs> it was the style at the time. Bunch of pricks we were. And a little bit about the Games Master Gallery we've got on this page. We have someone with Dominic Diamond. Dominic Diamond looks like he's demonstrating how big something is. Yes, the caption here says, yes, but have you seen one this big boy? Oh, Mr. Diamond, you're such a wag. We get the obligatory Sam Fox picture, this time her mid-ride of the jet ski. We get Dominic, in the, they say in the caption, the infamous Dom stance, a cocked head, a subtle greasing of the palms, and a hair-trigger tongue. That actual pose that he's in, that is quintessential Series 4 onwards Dominic. That is the, I'm about to light your ass on fire, Dominic because you did something stupid and I noticed it. And I, I put a lot of clips of the show into the podcast. I can, looking at that, can hear him going like, okay, as he starts his next link, which is a, a real Dominic Diamond starter. Also, that's um thingy, isn't it? The Doom guy that he stood next to. Yes, it is. It's the Doom challenge. We get a couple of different pictures of the Murgles, uh, the brunette and the blonde. <laughs> It says, fact, as this series gets nearer to its climax, so the costumes peel away. Uh, wank gags, Luke, wank gags. Yeah. Uh. Even the Murgirls have to take the weight of their flukes now and then. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Most excitingly for all for us, given how much we talked about this dude when he was on the show, the bottom third of this page is an interview with the cat, Danny John Jules. Complete with a photo you mentioned earlier of him in the green room with the joystick as well, the racing car joystick that he was using, which we presumed he used because he had one at home and felt comfortable using it. As it turns out, we were quite wrong. Are you into games then, Dan? No. No? No. Never play them. It's just a patience thing with me. I've no time. What with learning lines and things like that. But I don't mind this one. Wipeout 2097? Yeah, don't mind that one at all. It's like driving. Well, not driving, but like a shoot 'em up. Reminds me of when I used to have an action man. Right. This is just like driving Starbug. And I don't use any air brakes. I'm like a kamikaze me. I was so glad when I turned it on and this Firestarter track was on. The potrity goes with everything. Really? Yeah, I always like them. The guy with the earrings. You don't know whether he's putting it on like you do with bands like Babylon Zoo and that and everything. Uh, so are you into games then? No, I'm not a games man, no. Right. Hmm. How much of that do you think is a real interview? Having heard quite a few interviews with Mr. John Jules, I would say all of it. <laughs> Just... Like, okay, I was not going to do an impression of Danny John Jules for a, a, a whole litany of reasons. But reading that, that's Danny John Jules. That is his pattern of speech there. You know, that is the way he would talk. And I remember we we were so convinced that he had the PlayStation. He was probably a SNES guy, maybe a Spectrum that, you know, he was a gamer. And I did make the glib comment of maybe he chose the steering wheel because it was like on Starbug on Red Dwarf. Oh, we laughed. Oh, we laughed indeed. Turns out we were right. When you actually dive into what Gamesmaster magazine said in that, they only asked the one question, which is, are you into games then, Dan? And then just let him sort of fill for time and just sort of repeat what was said to him right at the end. You know, like a, Wipeout 2097? Right. Really? Uh, 
Like, that is essentially the question they ask. I love that this reporter, whoever it was, whichever writer it was, sat down with Danny John Jules with one question, which is, are you into games? Hoping the answer would be yes, and you can spit it off from there. As opposed to no, and be like, oh, that's all I've got. Oh, I've only got to ask that question. We both done interviews with lots of different people. Sometimes all you need is the one question, although usually you get a bit more than that. When you do junkets in particular, when you've only got five minutes, it's actually easier to just have one or two questions and then like maybe have some backup ones later because you're only going to get one or two in in the, in the five minutes. But there have been times I've got slightly too cocky with that over the years where I've now gone into junkets with no questions prepped and I'm like, I'll just wing it when I get in there, something will come to mind. Bit me in the ass recently when I, uh, I interviewed Bianca Belair at a BT Sport event and I suddenly thought like, this is just a press event. I can't ask her any like hard questions. I've just got to ask her kayfabe questions. And I couldn't think of a bloody question to ask. If you watch that interview, you can see me stumbling over as I just try to think of what to ask her next. I just thought you were in awe of Bianca Belair. That as well, because she is amazing. Oh, she is, absolutely. But from this point on, we are mainly getting interviews and pictures of Sam Fox. That is what the rest of this feature is. Oh, and, and, and the mermaids at times. There's two. There's one at the bottom of page 20, and then one that is almost exactly the same at the top of page 21. You're right. Not only are they exactly the same, I'm fairly certain that one was taken a few moments before <laughs> or after the other. In Definitely one, she's is. got her arms folded, and in the other, they're half folded. They are 100% taken at almost the same time. But the next interview is from our future Luke. It is, yeah. This is with Bear Van Beers. We won't go into her, uh, her IMDb credits just yet because we'll cover that when we hit the episode. But like you mentioned earlier, this is a name that had not thought about for uh, two decades. And all of a sudden, I saw that name and I saw that image and I was like, I know exactly who that is. The very quick introduction they give her at the top of this interview is... She's the slightly mad-in-the-head Dutch-Danish-Scandinavian top-of-the-pops presenter, famous for making her ever-so-slightly-disturbing and definitely uninvited, but curiously welcome, appearances on our glorious broadcasting system. But just how much does Bear Van Beers really care about video gaming and the fun that lies therein? So, Bear, what are computers and how do they help us learn? Oh, computers? I'm a bit frightened of computers. They make me scared. But I like games. Games are good. I love them. Yeah? Judging by your performance today, we're tempted to think you may be saying that just to please us. But go on. The games where you go hand gliding or skiing, I really like those. Pac-Man was good. Well, you obviously relish being bang up to date when it comes to the latest in video game technology. But what in your humble TV presenting experience is the finest? Doom! It's violent, but it makes me laugh. I like Quake 2, but Doom is the best. And I really like Duke Nukem 3D, where you wander around. If I'm not moving about, though, I like to shoot. You're a scary lady, Bear. Like that woman off of Skunk and Nancy, only with a bit <laughs> of Pam Ayres thrown in. But what did you think of Dominic? Like, really? Dominic is wonderful. He let me curse on his show, but it's a bad habit to swear. I was thinking about that earlier. People think if you swear and you're a girl, it's cute. But I don't think so. Bear Van Beers, you are very wise. Thank you very much. I was very worried that it was going to be Bear Van Beers. You are very cute. And just, uh, thank you very much. But no, it's just a wise comment instead. So where are we placing the believability on this interview? <laughs> if we are going with the fact that Danny John Jules definitely sounds like he gave those quotes to Games Master Magazine. <sighs> where do we start this? Because there's a lot of like, you know, name dropping there. 
Doom, Quake, Duke Nukem 3D, Pac-Man. Like, even when she's talking about hand gliding and skiing, that sounds like the big arcade cabinets where you do that, as opposed to something like Pilot Wings or something like that. It's probably oh, see, more I thought than... she was referring to Pilot Wings. I thought that as well, but then I think because she talks about skiing and, and hand gliding, I thought maybe there's like big arcade machines that she's seen while she's touring around and, and they had to go on those. I think I'm going to go with mostly believable but much like the comedy interview show space ghost coast to coast i'm not sure that what they said to her then is what they've said they've said in the magazine like i don't think they said to her you know you, you wish it today i don't think they said that to her for mysterious reasons yeah i mean i think her comments at the end where she's talking about dominic and being like he's wonderful it's a bad habit as well like i think that feels quite genuine yeah it feels slightly weird and disjointed enough to be entirely believable however though like she's talking about computers she's fine at computers but she does like to play games but a lot of the games she talks about are computer-based games Ah, but some people don't see video games, consoles, or arcade machines as computers. They see computers as Skynet. Ah, the big, massive ones that, you know, boffins use and that. And that will take over the world. I bet you she's actually just watched Terminator 2, and she's like, well, those arcade games are cool, but Skynet bad. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. We've got some more photos of Samantha Fox uh, with a quote that says... An intimate moment between Dom and the director shared by Samantha crazy like a fox, while Sega Touring Cars gets the Games Master Challenge treatment. And there is an image of Sega Touring Cars, but it is flanked by mostly images of Sam Fox. Yeah, we've got Sam Fox with Dom and the director. Yeah, we've got Sam Fox on the game practicing with Ravi there. And then we've just got Sam Fox with her arms folded behind her back. The photographer liked taking pictures of Sam Fox. Yeah, I mean, that last one just looks like a still from the show, but it is just, you know, a, a, a photo taken from the set. Like, that was the big draw for them, I guess, is that, wow, famous nudie girl Sam Fox is going to be there. That'll be great. Put that in the magazine. Given where Sam Fox's career was at this point, in that she was more known for being a singer slash actor, like, Dom made the big deal about having her on, about the Page 3 pinup. Is the average reader of Games Master magazine going to be that conscious of who Sam Fox is or was culturally. This very much feels, even by Games Master standards, self-indulgent. Perhaps a little bit. I mean, you read more of the magazine than I do. do what do you think their target audience is? Because, like, you know, I'm at this period of time, 11, 12 years old, and I am about to start reading Games Master magazine if I'm not already reading it at this point. Do you think that it's aiming towards me or maybe someone more your age at this point? I would say it's looking to hook people in at about age 13, 13, 14, but it's looking for those edgy teenagers. It's a preloaded, although, although I will say this arguably is the most laddish anything I've read from it has been for quite some time. Yeah, it does feel quite laddy. And like all the pictures they've got of Leanne and Teresa are trying to make the most of Leanne and Teresa is the politest way I could probably put it. And they're not even photos of them posing for the camera either. It is behind-the-scenes photos. But even so, most of them, they're just looking off the side of the picture. You know, they're between yeah. takes, they're bored, they're cold. Adjusting what they're wearing. Adju yeah, there is a lot. You can tell a lot of those pictures were taken with costume adjustments. Our next interview here is quite a cool one, though. It's with Johnny Finch. We don't hear a lot of Johnny Finch, uh, really. I mean, he's going to be a massive part of the, the, the oral history, but he's a name that only really crops up if you're a fan of this podcast and you are 
deep within the Games Master lore. Like, it's not a name that is front and centre on the show, for example. I mean, he's in every credits, but he's not a presence on screen. He's not really a presence kind of like in the general narrative. Dominic obviously speaks very highly of him, did when we interviewed him. But they write here, He's cheeky Chucky Finch, the man responsible for the way Games Master looks, tastes and feels, and he's a happy, happy man. Today, the man we like to play squash against on Thursdays and drive rally cars with on Sundays is sporting a next jumper, Nike GTs, and a shiny flop of smiling hair, and looks every bit of producer of the nation's finest video game show that he most probably might be. But what controversies will he deem fit to dredge up in this touching and exclusive interview? So then, Johnny, or can I call you Chucky? Uh, Johnny, yeah. Because we call you Chucky in the office. Right. So, uh, Johnny, Atlantis. Yeah, Atlantis. Oh, it, it's set in this ruined underwater splendour with a giant magnificent vista out onto the open seas. That is a beautiful image, Johnny. And a glorious golden beach. An old and shipwrecked galleon. You beast. You romantic beast. And a couple of really rather visually stunning mermaids in very tight-fitting costumes. Ugh. Yes, we've admired those too, but why in the name of Hattersley is it all Atlantis-based? Now, is that Hattersley is in the place, or are we getting another Roy Hattersley? Man, he really is in the public conscious at this point, isn't he? I think it is more that one. I suppose because we were in heaven last time, we tried to think where it would be possible to go after that. And we just imagined Dominic falling from the skies above, and where he might land. We can see it coming. And of course, he'd land in the sea. We thought that would give the series some very outlandish possibilities. And mermaids. And mermaids. And are the level of challenges improving with every passing glance? Last series, we tried to produce individual challenges more rather than just get a couple of kids that really didn't have any relationship with each other and make them play a series of platformers or beat-em-ups. And so we tried to pick contestants who are suited to the games they're playing. So we'd visit arcades up and down the country to hunt out and capture the very best games players. What, you'd actually visit them? Oh yeah. Well, to be frank, most of it was done over the phone because it's hard to get out of London. Yes, what with all those many roads in the way and everything. So we'd do the trawls in London and then find out who the best players in the country are by phone and get them down to London. Great. Now, can we call you Chuki without fear of a negative response? Uh, yeah, may as well, mate. But I'd best be off to produce the first challenge for show eight, okay? Suppose so. Cheers. Cheers, Chuki. As I said, we didn't get a lot out of that interview. No, and I guess like you're not supposed to, because I think we're looking for something that this article really isn't, which is some really truly behind the scenes stuff. And a lot of this is actually just to hear some joke questions and some joke answers. But the one thing that I did like in there is the talking about of the way the challenges used to be, series one through three slash four, and how they have been since series five, which is much more challenges suited to the player. Yeah, which I think has been used to great effect throughout Series 6. I did. I actually did like that. Yeah, he didn't give us a huge amount, but that thing of, no, we, we want to produce these segments more. They are produced segments rather than random challenges. Also, an acknowledgement that whilst they did trawl the arcades of the country, it was actually a case of phoning the arcades of the country or getting on the blower to Derek Lynch. And speaking of people on the production, up next is a guy that we are about to... I mean, are we, are we going to be breaking kayfabe a little bit here? I think there's a chance because he definitely looks familiar, Luke, but not by yeah. this name. No, this, this is Ravi. That is a Games Master's chirpy runaround researcher is quite possibly the busiest man in show business. With headphones and mic strapped permanently to his sobbing head, we decided to lock him in a room and force him to reveal all. Steady now. Right then. 
Games Master. Can't all be fun, fun, fun. No, no, no. Tight deadline, studio problems, filming 18 shows in one and a half weeks, telling celebrities what to do, all those game crashes. Yeah, all right, mate. Producers telling you what to do, working out the problems that arise from moment to moment. Okay. Smoke alarms going off, models going missing, getting hold of games that will still be up to date in February next year, hassling PR people, that kind of thing. And lots of other things besides, I'm sure. And the good parts? You get to see a lot of games and meet new models every series. And Danny John Jules, who is probably the nicest, most genuine man I've ever met. What about Dominic? He's always really cool, making jokes and making us laugh on set and stuff. He's always up for Games Master, and he's such a professional holding all that information in his head, and certainly the best TV presenter I've ever worked with. Someone wants a gig for Series 8. Yeah, we love his Scottish socks off. The best TV presenter ever? That's the feel-good ending we're after. Cool. Everything he says there sounds absolutely legit. 18 shows in one and a half weeks. That's a very, very tight deadline to get that many shows produced that is a mad amount of footage that you film in there but i think it's fair to say to pull back the curtain and that was the interview with someone that in addition to being on the production crew was the boss and the executioner that was ravi chopra yeah we see him here and he's looking less boss-like and less executionary and more kind of high biz jacket he maybe it's like, a, like a nice little cardigan he's wearing there and a very nice shirt I, I appreciate a plaid shirt it's a very nice shirt and also he's wearing a headset you know he's professional if he's running around a tv studio wearing a headset those are the people you want to listen to those are the people you want to be keeping an eye on yeah because they 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 tell you things <laughs> they do we have two interviews left in this little feature and our next one is the one i'm the most excited for it's our interview with Buster. Laughing like a sellotape chimp in the corner of the courtyard is the bloke in charge of Games Master's security, who we like to make tables with on bank holidays. When did Games Master magazine ever actually find the time to write the sodding magazine? Well, this is why they make stupid cock-ups like not knowing where Series 1 was set, Ash. They're too busy taking on other hobbies. They're too busy, like, doing carpentry and, and pool and squash and darts and the snooker. I couldn't actually understand whether when they said making tables, it was a reference to snooker or literally they were talking about some kind of nice woodwork. I thought it was woodwork type tables. Hello there. Yeah. What do you do? Sort things out. Things? Uh, People mostly. And do you do it well? Very well. Because you, well, you don't look all that hard, if you don't mind us saying. I could take you. I could take most of the people here. Even Sanjay? Oh, yeah. I'd probably take him with a headlock and use my feet to pummel his shins. And Northern Uproar, how would you sort them out? I'd probably run at their stomachs with my head and try to catch them off balance, then sweep their legs again, using my head while just kind of sitting on them for a while. And how would you teach me a lesson? With ease and delight. Cheers, then. (laughs) Now, Ash, on our believability scale, how much do you think this was really Buster? I think that was 100% Buster. Whether Buster was actually Buster or whether Buster was a figment of someone's imagination, who's to say? But I did like the fact that they escalated to, yeah, but what about Sanjay? How would you fuck him up? And Northern Uproar. Northern Uproar would be easy because they're a man down, as we established earlier. Which does bring us to our last interview then, and it is with the man himself, Dominic Diamond, he's the main man, he's our top telly chum, and he's all Dominic Diamond, all at once. The man behind the fronting of Games Master, who we like to play kaplunk with on Tuesdays, speaks out. 
So basically, they have Wednesdays to write the magazine on. I think that's the only day unaccounted for. I think Saturdays, Johnny Finch, they play squash with him on Thursdays and do rally cars on Sundays. And the director, we learned... They play pool with them on Friday. Pool with them on Fridays. We're making tables on bank holidays. And we're out with Dominic on Tuesdays. So I find I'd make that Mondays, Wednesdays and Saturdays. But, but not all Mondays because there are some bank holiday Mondays. It's still not a lot of time to write a magazine. No. It's only when you're doing 13 a year. Dominic, you're back then. Oh, yes. And better than ever. Funnier than ever, I think. The show generally is a lot funnier, this series. I don't say pants anymore. Drop pants. Say a few trousers, though. And I still say quite literally too many times. Less pants this year, anyway. Any other changes? Not a massive amount, mate. Probably the best set we've ever had, though. And new girls. That's about all the changes, I think. Dunno, just turn up and do it and shout at people when it goes wrong. Yeah, you're quite vocal on set. Yeah, well, it's my show and I'm quite protective of it, which I think is fair enough. I don't like things going in that I don't want there. I think after five series, this being my fifth, I'm allowed to do things like that, you know? Everything back to the days of Dexter Fletcher and Weep With Joy. I never saw any of that series. Nothing to do with me. They made a big mistake and it'll be interesting to see what happens now. How do you mean? Well, I've quit. Uh... Yep, this is totally, definitely, incontrovertibly my last series. So I don't know what's going to happen next year, but it's an amicable enough agreement. But, but why? I'm sick of knowing that I am potentially the best presenter in Britain. Fair enough. I've got to convince 50 million people of that, and I'm not going to do it 6 o'clock on Channel 4. There's no other presenters alive that could do a video game show like I've done it, and if you can do that and be funny at the same time, you could do anything. Look at Chris Evans on TFI Friday. That's not hard to be funny about stuff like that. Try and be funny about Sega Rally. I've got to move on. I've been lazy. I need to break free from the financial safety of Games Master and get on. So before the nation begins its mourning, that's it with you and video games? Yeah, sorry guys. Oh well, just one last thing, seeing as how you're off. Yeah? TV's Dave Perry then. Every year I say I don't want him on the series, and for some reason every year he's on. And so I just humiliate him. As long as he's happy to do that, that's fine. He knows I feel this way. Blimey, we'll be glued to the box when Mr. Perry stands there next to you. Dominic Diamond, thank you for everything. Holy shit. Yeah, at that last bit, well, we'll be glued to the box then when Mr. Perry stands there next to you. This article would have been printed after everything had happened. So they would know what the fate is of Dave Perry. But at least some of these interviews were filmed during the recording of episode eight. Yeah, I know. I'm not, I'm not disputing that. But what I mean is that when they're typing up all of their notes and everything and typing up this feature, it's being printed after it's all happened. Mm. So is that sort of like a vaguely thing? It's like, you want to be watching this. You're going to be glued to see the next time that Dominic and Dave Perry are stood next to each other. Knowing that, do we now think that actually some of the anti-Dave narrative was put in post-visit? It basically, yeah, I'm going to say it, that they fictionalised it because they knew what was coming down the line. I think there could be some of that. I really, really do. Now that oral history is just around the corner, and of course we've already know a little bit of the circumstance behind Series 7 coming into being, basically... They forgot to cancel it. Dominic says he's done here. He says he's done with the format. He's done with video games. He's done with the safety net. He's ready to move on because he thinks he's being stifled by the product. 
there's a Games Master magazine article about Series 7 and an interview with Dominic Diamond in there. And I'm pretty sure in that they talk about him coming back for the seventh series. But the thing that really stuck out to me reading this one is I remember it being in that Series 7 interview where he says, I don't say pants in this series. However, I'm reading it here where he's saying, I don't say pants anymore. And it's now making me wonder, have I misremembered an interview for Series 7? And I'm actually remembering reading this interview when this magazine came out. One of the things we've always tried to do when we've been doing this podcast is not look too far into the future, not spoil it for ourselves, because we already carry a lot of preconceptions, a lot of kind of legacy knowledge on this show. This is one of those few moments where I kind of wish I had read ahead in the magazine because the tone of this article, it does reflect upon the series and the interview with Dominic where he's like, I'm fucking done. I'm, I'm, I'm over it. It is going to make particularly that little, I mean, oh, we will have that book soon. And weirdly, it's just going to be, we're going to read series six and series seven. That's going to be it because that's what's relevant to us right at this point. But I'm just so curious. Are we going to assume that the question about Dave Perry was legit on the day? I would say so, because I think it has been quite clear since series four that Dom's had enough of Dave's shit. He's been mocking him since he came back. You know, we go back to those series four episodes where he's falling asleep next to Dave while he's talking. And then in series five is just taking jibes at Dave. And he's doing it again in here in series six for those first nine episodes. Is there a chance, do you think? Dominic might not even remember this now. But is there a chance, you think, that like off the record with the interviewers, he's like, we've got him. Yeah. He's going to get proper done up like the proverbial kipper. Because you mentioned earlier, they are at this point have only uh, filmed up to episode eight. So they haven't filmed the Christmas special by the time this onset visit has been done. And they would have had everything set up in place for that Christmas special. So like you say, he would have known they're about to do him in. What an absolute appetite wetter of a little interview. I mean, this feature, it's very much been a fluff piece. And we've got one little bit to go to, which guess what? It's more fluff. But it is really reading between the lines and knowing that by the time, as you said, this went to press, they'll have known what happened. They'll have known what went on. Contextually, it makes things very interesting because the knives are out. Yeah. And as you are reading this magazine, when it's on the shelves in late November, you've got no idea what's coming around the corner for Games Master or for that Christmas special. Absolutely not a blues clue. And it actually, now I think about it, recontextualizes that end of episode eight outro he does. Do you remember that one where he's like, we haven't filmed it yet. It might be terrible. He'd have known then they were going to do it. But I suppose he doesn't know how it was going to go down. That's it. Or it's a case of, which we talked about last week, was it one of those cases where at the end of the taping schedule, they just taped all of the outros in one go? I don't know. I don't think he'd have said it might be terrible. If they'd already filmed the Christmas special and it got everything in the can, the grand master plan to stitch up Dave Perry on national TV had gone ahead and worked as planned. He wouldn't have been going... Better tune in next week, we don't know. Yeah, he would have been setting it up. He'd have been, you need to watch next week's episode. Next week's episode will truly crown who is the greatest games player on Games Master. That's exactly Because he'd have been yeah. looking to get to get that angle. I can't believe... I'm not saying that to be negative about Dominic, not in the slightest. I would have done that if I'd been in that situation because 
you want people to tune in next week. Yeah. And Dominic Diamond, I think he would agree with this himself. He'd have relished it. And he would have 100% done it. Mate, he'd have relished mustard in a mango chutney the hell out of it. A full Popadom Express. But you mentioned there, Ash, there is one last bit of this feature that we haven't got to yet. I mean, I, I should have seen it coming, but when I saw the headline of the five worst bits of Games Master ever, I got legit excited because I thought, man, here's a little bit of nostalgia that me and Ash can dive into because there'd be five points here. We could be like, oh, do you remember when that happened? Yeah, that had been really, that was really bad, wasn't it? Maybe they'll talk about the buggy ball challenge, some Robocop, all these sorts of things. But it's not that, is it, Ash? No, because at number one, hey, Luke, do you remember that bit at the beginning of all the shows in series three where Dexter Fletcher would run on? Oh, and in a number two, hey, Ash, do you remember that bit just after that bit, right at the beginning of all the shows in the series three where Dexter Fletcher would run on, start speaking with his special rubber dub dub cockney voice? I do love how they spelt cockney with C O C K E R N E Y. But Luke, never mind that. Do you remember that bit just after that bit where Dexter Fletcher would begin talking, where he'd introduce bewildered contestants and make them feel really great about themselves? I don't know about that, Ash, but do you remember that bit where Dexter Fletcher wouldn't bring on his top telly girlfriend, Julia Sawahala, on and just kept talking with his bloody mouth instead? But Luke, do you remember that bit where everyone started to realise they'd have to get Dominic Diamond back? Which is a fascinating little final one, because is that one of the worst bits of the show where they realised they had to bring Dominic back? Like, he's that, it's gotten so bad. Oh, f- <laughs> we're going to have to bring Dominic back. Things have gotten bad. I don't think they thought that through. <laughs> no, because it's supposed, like this whole section is supposed to be a dunk on Dexter Fletcher, but that last point there is such a dunk on Dominic. Oh, dear. This is very much Games Master and Games Master magazine of the time. I'd like to say we'd gain some insight into the production of the Games Master TV show that we hadn't previously had access to. And I suppose on some level, we have. We've learned for certain that there was a blonde and a brunette mermaid. Thankfully, in the enlightened days of 2022, we do know that they are Teresa and Leanne. So we we know their names. We are one up on 1996 Games Master. Uh, We got a nice little interview with Ravi. We got a scandalous interview with Dominic. And we learned that if you annoy him enough, Johnny Finch doesn't mind being called Chucky. And we've also learned what a week looks like for the Games Master magazine staff. Which is essentially do f*** all work apart from on two days. I mean, Luke, you work in a magazine type environment. It's pretty much how it goes. And you say that because you know your boss will never listen to this. Oh, he will never listen to this. The only last thing I wanted to point out from this is that sort of kayfabe breaking thing that I mentioned earlier, where they've got a list of show five, six, seven, and eight. And it's here in the show seven listing where they write, the boss will be making his first entrance. Who's he? Researcher Ravi, all dressed up like some kind of beat-em-up fool. Hey, you know how Mr. T used to call everyone fool? Like when he'd say, leave this to me, fool, to Murdoch. Just remembered that. Anyhow, the boss will be playing through three beat-em-ups. Mm. And Chris Armstrong will put in an appearance in the second part of the Fuzzy Challenge. No mention of a lack of Stan Collymore there. Also, three beat-em-ups. That's exactly it, right? Like, it's it's three boss challenges, but only one of those is a beat-em-up. Which we're very grateful for. Three beat-em-ups would have been a bit boring, but wasn't the three beat-em-ups? That was his, that was his series five challenge. It oh, was mate. indeed. They're crossing the streams all over the place. But the, like, it's nice to see these sorts of mistakes being made, Ash, because one of the things I really miss about the chaotic 
uh, production of Games Master is when we used to read the magazine and everything was in the wrong order. And we'd sat there being like, what a fascinating little turn of events is. This is well boring. Everything's broadly correct on this. Boo that. Although, was nice to see the whole missing guest thing make a reappearance with Northern Uproar. What happened to them? Who knows? The book will be out soon, everyone. But I guess that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Thank you all so much for listening to us talk about this little feature from Games Master Series 6, the Mergirls Pictures Special. If you want to get in touch with us, we are on social media at underconsolepod on Twitter, at under.console on Instagram, and you can send us an email to feedback at underconsultation.com. And if you want to chat with us in real time, chat with other listeners, other fans of retro gaming and pop culture, you can do so over on our Discord details of which can be found in the show notes and if you want to support this podcast monetarily you can do so over at patreon.com forward slash under console pod where you'll get access to ucp extra this show format but about other shows from the 80s and 90s and our monthly community show under console nation at the five pound level you will get next week's episode one week early and ad free at the 10 pound level you get a little bit extra ash what do they get at the £10 level, they get stickers, badges, retro sweeties, retro trading cards, all nestled within the bosom of a glittering golden joystick waggler mug. And a shout out to those £10 backers, Xanderthal, William, Tom, The Amazing Cliff, Super Sexy, Dave Fisher, Simon, Sean, Sarah, aka Pink Lithium, Richard, Reese, Nick, Misha, Matty Boom, Mark, Link, Kevin, Jamie, Ian, I am Cheadle, Harriet, Manga Girl, Gordon Dempster, Gordon Brands, David Palmer, David Fisher, Chrissy, Two Sticks, Arcadia, Wild Bill, Andrew, Adam, and Andy. Thank you all so much for listening. We will see you in seven days' time for another side quest. Take care, everyone. Good night. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.